Welcome to Life Isn't Lived on a Spreadsheet with Ryan Potterack from Potterack Capital Advisory. You have unique values, objectives, fears, life experiences, and biases. Any financial professional who ignores or minimizes the importance of your story may not be able to help you achieve your ideal outcomes or hit your goals. It's time to experience the PCA difference. In this podcast, we help business executives, soon-to-be retirees, and solutions-based individuals overcome the anxiety leading up to their upcoming years. We do this by initiating in-depth discussions about the financial aspects of retirement, like tax planning and asset allocation, alongside, and often overlooked, personal and lifestyle aspects. Join us on this journey where we explore retirement from a contrarian point of view, as Ryan draws from years of expertise and guest experts to help you explore the true purpose of your money in retirement and the impact you want to make in your golden years. Now, onto the show. Life isn't lived on a spreadsheet. Well, not only is that a catchy and insightful phrase, it's the name of this podcast. Your host, Ryan Potterack, will explain the reasoning behind it as we talk. But first, let's learn more about the man behind the show from the man himself. I'm Patrice Sikora with the questions in this inaugural episode. And it's great to talk with you, Ryan. Glad to have you here. Hey, Patrice. Good to be here. How you doing? I'm doing well. And I'm looking forward to this. So let's start at the beginning. What All right, brought- let's do it. Okay. What brought you to this career in financial services? Oh, goodness. Well, that was a long time ago. That's what I've done my whole adult life for about 33 years. But I I was an entrepreneur at a very, very young age and found a business. I didn't even know it was business and business principles when I was, you know, single digits, early, early teenage, but I knew I always wanted to own my own business. And, and, uh, and so effectively I'm doing what I wanted to do when I was a young boy. Uh, I didn't know it was going to be in the financial industry. But when I went to uh, college, I went to Iowa State University in, in Ames, Iowa. That is not the Iowa Hawkeyes. Um, they're, our, they're our main rival, and it makes a difference to, to us. But I went to Iowa State University where my father went, and, uh, and he was an engineer, mechanical engineer. And mm-hmm. you know, I was 17, didn't know any better. And that's why I figured I'd just do what my dad did. And then uh, as I got into higher level geometry, there wasn't even numbers on the page. And I said, no, nah, this isn't really my thing. So I switched over to economics, which I, then all of a sudden I was a duck in water, loved it, uh, ultimately graduated with, uh, with a finance degree in 1990. And I've been in the industry ever since. And I knew that I wanted to use that to ultimately own my own practice in the financial industry and help people. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, as a recent college graduate, you know, you, you might have a degree, but it doesn't mean you know anything about how the world works. So a lot of it is learned by doing. Um, and then, of course, growing up and maturing and all, all that sort of thing to kind of find where in the industry I was going to fit. I mean, one of the things, Patrice, I've said to people many times is if you meet, let's say you meet somebody at a on an event and you ask them what they do, and maybe they say they're a physician, it really doesn't tell you what they do. I mean, there's so many different physicians out there and it's very much like that in the financial industry. There's so many different areas and I ultimately gravitated towards developing relationships with people, with couples and families where I could really make a difference. Uh, and so that's what really connected with me. I was, I was also very fortunate Patrice to have all four of my grandparents alive uh, while I was still a young adult uh, in oh, my twenties. And 
I believe that that gave me an appreciation for the wisdom that is, I guess, cultivated over over a lifetime, and also also ended up leading me to help clients and families, mostly fifth age ages fifty plus, help make that transition into retirement and deal with some of the decisions that are involved in financial planning as we move from employment income to retirement income, or as I like to say, moving from paychecks to playchecks. <laughs> I like it. Tell me more though about family, what it means to you. Well, there's uh, my wife, Dawn, and we had our 26th wedding anniversary. Um, Congratulations. <laughs> we've got a, we've got a, really a blended family. We got his, hers, and ours. Dawn has three adult children. I have two adult children. And then Dawn and I together have uh, what I call our two reds, because they both happen to be redheads, which I didn't know <laughs> if you, when I moved to the South, apparently redheads are gingers. I had never heard that mm -hmm. before, but Reagan is uh, is 19. She's a, she's going into her sophomore year at art school in Portland, Maine. And then we have a fifth grader. We have our Lincoln, who's going to be a fifth grader coming up this fall. And family, you know, maybe it's just naturally as, as I get older, but it, it, it definitely becomes more and more important in terms of how I choose to spend my time. And with our seven combined kids from age 10 to 37, it really keeps us young and gives us, gives us a perspective for sure. And I'm also very fortunate to have both my parents are still alive. My they're uh, 81 and in good health uh, back in the Midwest, back in uh, Iowa. Well, you certainly do spend the, uh, the gamut there, don't you? From a fifth grader all the way up and then your parents to boot. That's fantastic. Yeah. It's a wonderful family. Well, you know, financial planning is, it's important at all the different stages. And it's, that's one of the things I value a lot about the work that I've done over 33 years is the, the different client situations, the different concerns, the different stages of life, which in different stages of life, you have different financial estate and tax mm -hmm. planning uh, issues. And that really feeds, Patrice, the creative, I guess, energy that I have inside me is to help people find solutions when they don't know what they don't know and how to reach their objectives. What about faith? Faith has been an interesting story or journey. I, uh, very young, like grade school, I, I went to Sunday school and my Grandparents on my mom's side went to Sunday school, and but my parents, they were not so much uh, with church and faith. Mm -hmm. But I remained very, very curious, and you know, in high school and then in college, I would kind of study it. But I wasn't. Well, I am Christian, and what was always interesting to me is all the different sects of Christianity. I just didn't really why is you know Methodists and Baptists and Catholic and all that sort of right. thing. Early on when Don and I got together, and I think I was late 20s, maybe 30, and we really started studying the differences and such. And and then in, in 2002 was when I became born again, which I wasn't really sure what that was, but I had becoming born again without getting too much into the story. It, it, it just reset my lens as to how I looked at life, my relationships, and my principles guiding how I ran my business and helped people uh, ever since. So that's, I mean, other than the birth of my kids, uh, you know, 
that September of 2002 was, that was a big moment for me. Another element of faith that has come upon me just in the last two years is affiliating with an organization called F3. This is a men's workout group. You can go to f3nation.com, but the, the name F3 stands for Fitness, Fellowship, and Faith. And this is where two to three times a week from 5.30 a.m. to 6.15, rain, shine, snow, but it's mm, in the dark mm, typically. Mm. We're working out, uh, so it's good for my physical health, but it's really the camaraderie and other men of faith helping each other be better husbands, better fathers, better friends, that sort of thing. And that in the last two years, that has just meant so much to, to me and, and my relationships. It started actually in Charlotte, North Carolina, and now it's in most every state in the country. Uh, there's not a money element. You don't pay to join and none of that. It's just a tribe, I guess, just a, just a group of men wanting to improve. And there's, it's even in other countries. I know it's in South Korea uh, and other countries as well. This gives you a chance to have some friends and research has shown that men don't have friends like women do. You know, that's it's interesting, Patrice, because that's one thing that, that F3 Nation talks about as well is when you get beyond the athletics, typically of high school and college, it, it is difficult. Or I found it difficult as a man to find and have quality relationships with other men. And it's for a variety of reasons that, you know, go beyond maybe the scope of, of our discussion today. But yeah, you hit the nail on the head. It, it, it you know, when I when I moved to the community that I live, live in right now, a little bit less than two years ago, kind of the culture of F three, no matter where you go, is the same. And so, just very very quickly, I had a network mm -hmm. of friends that do all kinds of different things. So it's kind of where I've got a guy that does this or that, construction <laughs> and banking and all that. And also, I was traveling last week. I was in I was in Boston, and all you have to do is do uh do a search online and it told me exactly where there was an f3 group working out on saturday so it's and you can just show up and uh yeah it, it's a it's a wonderful organization i guess i'll plug it it's f3nation.com if you are interested in it i know there's a woman's equivalent but that's the men's group all right fantastic well what inspired you to begin this podcast well i just you know i i feel like i have a point of view that is uncommon in my industry. And I, at my core, I'm a teacher. I, I enjoy helping and teaching people and, and by helping really help them understand what can be complex, confusing, even intimidating concepts in a way that is, is actionable for, for the, for the couple, or in this case for the listener and it's always puzzled me, Patrice, how, you know, we're not even taught out well in the olden days, <laughs> we're not even taught how to balance a checkbook. That's I know right. that doesn't really happen That's anymore, right. Yeah, but there's no, there's really not any financial foundation of learning throughout middle school, high school, and, and even in college. The, the podcast gives me a forum that is not stodgy or overly formal to just communicate on different concepts and thoughts that I believe can help people. Uh, and, and of course, if anybody would have an interest in delving deeper into that, you know, I'm not hard to find, but a lot of times in the financial industry, what I've seen over the last three decades, it is very formal. It's a three piece suit. And it, it, it really sets up sometimes as, okay, 
I'm the financial expert. I know everything. You you don't know anything. And it's almost dictating to the proposed client. And I really view when I get introduced to somebody or have an initial conversation, Patrice, I see it as an opportunity to build a partnership. Mm -hmm. And, And that mindset flows to, for example, just using you as an example. I mean, you're the worldwide expert on Patrice what's important to Patrice. Last what you time want. I looked, I was, yes. Yeah, yeah. Well, what do you want to happen in your life over the next three or four decades or what have you? And so those qualitative facts, I think are underappreciated in the financial industry, which tends to focus only on the quantitative, all of the numbers, which are always, always important. They're never unimportant. But we spend, or I spend more time in really trying to understand the worldview of the person that that I may be helping to see if there's, see if there's a good match. And so I view this podcast as really a way of getting that point across to the listeners. Now, whether that helps them go find an advisor who's not me, or maybe seek to develop the relationship they currently have with with their advisor in in a bit of a different way. But I think it should be an equal partnership in in working together, which starts with communication. And so this is a form of communication. It's not a form of communication that existed when I got in the industry. So it's just one other way, I think, to get my message out um, and, and give everybody a, a sense of who I am and, and who we are at PCA. Well, in the introduction, I suggested you would tell us the reasoning behind the name for the podcast. Life isn't lived on a spreadsheet. I love it. But why that title? Well, I guess that's a that's a good point to introduce this. Is uh, it 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 in uh, in some ways it's my poking fun at the financial industry. Generally, business wise and personally, I'm somewhat of a contrarian. And but I so my view of the industry is they take the approach of okay, if you save X amount of dollars at Y percent over Z number of years then everything's going to work out perfectly in terms of retirement, your financial goals and such. And, and life just doesn't work that way. You know, we have kids. Sometimes we have kids we didn't expect to have. Then we raise those kids as best we can. Maybe they 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 leave the house to go to college or wherever. Maybe they return back. You know, we have illnesses. I mean, mm-hmm. it, it, that's just how life is. You can't, not everything is controllable. And a lot of times in the industry, building a plan, which I would kind of put in air quotes is, you know, it's spreadsheets and it's just kind of mapping out like, like, like there's going to be no surprises over the next 15, 20, 25 years. And so I believe that having ongoing communication with clients at all times is is the way to approach it, you know, so we can make those course corrections Mm -hmm. uh, because think about it in the industry. If you actually developed a financial plan, in January of 2020, it wouldn't have been worth the paper it was printed on, you know, a month later when, I mean, the, the S&P yeah. 500 went down about 32% in five weeks. That would have changed some of the plans for people who did the plan six weeks prior. Right, right. So it's just a little static. The industry can tend to be, again, be a little overly formal and static in their approach. And when we put the the energy in up front to really establish the relationship and tie in again and the the qualitative information with the quantitative information it's really it's really an ongoing 
plan, you know, ongoing communication uh, in terms of how often we're talking with our, our clients and, and the couples that we serve. With this podcast, I'm, I'm really getting curious now where you're going to take it. What are some of the topics you expect to, to uh, tackle? Well, tax mitigation and tax planning is a huge part of what we do. And, you know, the IRS, our government is always changing the rules, mm-hmm. um, the tax brackets, the when do you have to take required minimum distributions, uh, or for people who are charitably inclined, there are different ways to give to charity that are more tax efficient than others. So that's that's a big part of, of what we do and what I have found in my career is that at CPAs, this is going to be a, a broad brush, but there's the brush should be pretty broad from my experience. CPAs and tax preparers don't do tax planning. You know, for any of our listeners out there, think of does your tax preparer or CPA actually communicate with you during the current year, or do you simply provide all the information in the spring so that the CPA can do what I refer to as a historical arithmetic? Because if you're just providing information to your CPA in the spring to prepare your tax return, there's there's no adjustments really that can be made or not any that are consequential to change what happened in the recently completed That's tax right. year. That's right. So we're doing tax planning with our clients throughout this year so that when we get to December 31st, we may have put strategies in place. So when their tax preparer or CPA does the return, it has a better outcome for the families that we serve. Now, to be clear, we don't do tax returns. I have no desire to do that, but tax planning and tax mitigation is a big part of what we do. And that ties in, Patrice, with coordinating our work with tax professionals to get a better outcome for the client. Because there certainly is overlap between a CPA, their knowledge and what they do and, and what I do. Mm-hmm. Uh, also in the areas, similarly, in the area of, uh, of estate planning. You know, I've reviewed hundreds of wills and trusts, powers of attorney, living wills, and they're incredibly important documents. Uh, and I see, unfortunately, a lot of mistakes. A lot of great estate planning attorneys out there. Matter of fact, I, for our audience, I, I always say that any attorney can draft wills and trusts in these estate planning documents I, I talk about, but I strongly encourage that they work with an attorney that specializes in estate planning and elder care instead of the attorney that their buddy knows that does bankruptcies on Monday, divorce on Tuesday, and your will or trust on Wednesday. Because <laughs> those documents, you know, if you think of it in, uh, just in simple terms, a will or trust is an irrelevant document until you die. And then when you die, it is your instructions from the grave as to what happens to all your stuff. And if it isn't perfect, you cannot fix it at that point. That's right. The whole, everything stops. So we get into the estate planning uh, area as well. And then of course, where people think of us first, and I get that is investments, you know, different investment strategies. You know, I'm a fiduciary. We do exclusively fee-based planning, which for those of you that aren't familiar with the fiduciary definition, it's uh, having to do what's in the best interest of the client, which sounds normal. You would, you would hope anybody, any financial professional would approach it that way. And they may, but the big distinction, Patrice, is how is a financial professional compensated? And if they work on commission, 
there's an inherent conflict of interest between, hey, if you buy this particular financial product, the financial professionals paid. What I mean by fee-based is we're paid for advice. Whether the client acts on it or not, that's, that's their choice, but I don't get paid any more or less to put money in one financial instrument versus another financial instrument. And that's that's really key to, to fiduciary where you eliminate that conflict of interest in terms of recommendations. All right. And, and before we wrap this up, we are coming to the end here. Tell me about the people who support you. Well, first and foremost, my wife, Dawn, for sure. I work for larger companies, big companies that our audience would be familiar with uh, before I went independent about 22 years ago. And, uh, and, and she basically pushed, I had that naturally, but she pushed me to go out of my own. And that was a very, very good decision. I have on my, on my team, really my main sidekick is Anna Hopkins, who's worked with me for, oh God, I think 16 years. And so she's done a lot of different things. She works out of her home in central Illinois and has just always been supportive through everything. And when I worked for those, this is somewhat contrarian, but when I worked for some of the large firms earlier in my career, I, I somewhat learned what not to do. One of the reasons I went independent is I, I wanted to have control how much we put into each and every relationship. And some of the larger corporations were a little bit more short-sighted in the way they they looked at things. So a lot of people, my family has been very supportive in going independent. But I got, when I look back on 33 years, I learned a lot of lessons just simply by observing what I wanted to emulate and maybe what I didn't want to emulate. Right. So maybe that doesn't exactly pin down your question, but that's where my mind goes. That, that was a good answer. Very good answer. And then I'm going to ask you now, Ryan, what is your proudest achievement? I'm very proud of the business that we've built. I think independent in 2001. And so really from nothing. I mean, I had experience, I had education, that's fine. But when you go into business for yourself, you in many ways, you earn what you're worth. I mean, yeah. it, you know, so when I started adding client one and client two and developed those relationships and had good retention with great service, I mean, just the business that we have built, uh, the processes and procedures that are in place, which are highly responsive in a world that's not so highly responsive maybe these days. And so the principles in our business, so in other words, not just the business and how we built it, but how we've built it and how we continue to get lots of introductions from uh, from the families we serve is incredibly, something I'm incredibly proud of because there is no greater compliment than when a client introduces you to somebody they care about and they know that we're going to handle things well. Fantastic answer. So how can listeners reach you? Well, there's our, our uh, website, again, www.potterac.net. Our main number would be 704-366-5776. That's 704-366-5776. We are a virtual firm, and that's also extremely unique in the industry. We have clients all over the country. Some of them I've not physically met, but where technology is, I tell you, it really gives me and my team uh, a way to serve clients everywhere. And, and that's not for everybody, but for the for the families that we serve, uh, they don't have to fight traffic to find a parking spot or they, if they want to 
be in their pajamas on a Zoom, they can do that. But uh, <laughs> so, uh, you know, all of our social media, LinkedIn, Facebook, of course, we have a presence out there uh, in all of those areas as well. Ryan, I'm really looking forward to this podcast. I can't wait to see what other topics you're going to tackle here, too. And listeners, follow this podcast to know when the latest episode is ready for you. Please share with others. And thanks for being with us. Thank you for listening to Life Isn't Lived on a Spreadsheet. Click the follow button to be notified when new episodes become available. To ask questions about topics covered during the show or get a copy of Making It Count, Life Isn't Lived on a Spreadsheet by Ryan Potterack, visit www.potterack.net or give us a call at 704-366-5776. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Potterack Capital Advisory. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning. Potterack Capital Advisory does not offer legal or tax advice. Please consult the appropriate professional regarding your individual circumstances. Nothing contained herein is to be considered a solicitation, research material, an investment recommendation, or advice of any kind. The information contained herein may contain information that is subject to change without notice. Any investments or strategies referenced herein do not take into account the investment objectives, financial situation, or particular needs of any specific person. Product sustainability must be independently determined for each individual investor. Potterack Capital Advisory explicitly disclaims any responsibility for product suitability or suitability determinations related to individual investors.